Hey friends, quick note about today's episode. We had some technical difficulties during the recording that neither of us were aware about until post-production, and I just wanted to give you a quick heads up about that. Hashtag real life. We decided that the episode was so organic and flowed so well that we were going to go ahead and post this episode. So thank you for your patience, and we really look forward to this podcast and hope that it is so incredibly helpful for you and that you really enjoy this conversation between parenting and life coach expert Vib Aurora and myself. Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am passionate about helping women just like you embrace your true self so you can show up confidently in your life. Join me as we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, reshaping what health and wellness really look like, and take steps to becoming captivatingly confident. With all that said, let's go to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Confident Parenting Summer Series Special with my dear friend, life and parenting coach, Vibba Aurora. If you are in any way around children or looking to improve your communication skills and really take one step further on your journey of self-development, this podcast series is for you. I am so excited for us to be covering these parenting topics that come up over and over again in the Captivatingly Confident community and to have an expert that can really speak to the changes that need to be made personally rather than trying to control or change your kids. So this is going to be an amazing series. I'm so excited to have Vibba on the show. Make sure you check out episode 68 where we cover what conscious parenting and positive discipline look like and then come back and check this out. So it's going to be every other Tuesday starting June 18th is going to be a confident parenting episode. And I cannot wait to share this with you. So let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited for this summer series. You guys, this is just going to be amazing. I'm so pumped. And I'm really thrilled to welcome my friend and parenting coach and life coach, Vibba Aurora, who has an amazing practice in Southern California. And she uses conscious parenting and positive discipline to help parents reach their their parenting dreams, basically, and becoming the kind of parents that they want to be. And just giving people the tools that they need to find that freedom and confidence in their parenting. And I'm so excited that we've paired up for this summer series on confident parenting, which is going to combine conscious parenting and positive discipline and giving you tips and tricks that you can use in the short term to have long-term results. So Vibba, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me back again. I'm super excited about this series that we're doing together. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know, right? And if you are (laughs) new to Vibba, she was on the show for episode 68, where we did kind of an introduction to conscious parenting and positive discipline. We chatted about what that looks like and also answered a couple of questions from the Captivatingly Confident community, and it was so much fun. So if you haven't listened to episode 68, pause this one, go back, check that out, and then come back and listen to us some more because 
There's so much good stuff and we have so many plans for this summer series. So if you are not familiar with what's happening, if you're not on my email list, first of all, go get on that. Second of all, what we're doing is every other Tuesday starting today, which is June 18th, we're going to be launching an episode that's going to be dealing with questions from the community and themes around different issues of parenting, specifically ones that come up during the summertime. And Fibba is going to give her just amazing expertise and talk us through what these different issues look like so that we can have more confidence as parents. And even if you're not a parent, I feel like this is so beneficial. And I'll stop talking, Fibba, so you can explain why would non-parents benefit from this too? Mm, that's a great question. Um, and so I guess what the, the best way to explain it is when I teach positive discipline, whether it be in person or online, one of the things that I often hear when parents start using these tools at home is, oh my gosh, that stuff that we talked about in class, you know, I tried it. It totally worked with my kids, but it also worked with my husband and it also worked with my coworkers and it also worked with my friends, which is really cool. And the reason that that is so true is because it's really about relationships skills so once we see it, not just from a parenting perspective, but just in like interpersonal, how to deal with other human beings, uh, it's effective in all those different arenas and more. And it really is not just about parenting. So that's why I think even non-parents can definitely benefit from these tools and tips that we're going to be talk- talking about this summer. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. I can definitely see how even the things that I've learned from your parenting class, which I just took by the way, and it was incredible. And we're going to talk about that later too. But even the things that I learned in that class has helped me so much in relating with other people. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's so cool to see how it serves these dual purposes of, yeah, working with your kids, but also working with other people that you come into contact with. So that's just, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like more bang for your buck. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So tell us a little bit, for those that haven't listened to the other episode yet, tell us a little bit about what conscious parenting and positive discipline is and how it kind of sets itself apart from traditional parenting modalities. Sure. So, I mean, as you know, as a parent, there are lots and lots of resources and books and podcasts and experts out there on the topic of parenting. And I think what makes positive discipline and conscious parenting different is neither of them are part of the mainstream traditional way that we've been taught to parent. Because there's only two ways, honestly, that we know how to parent. That's either how we were parented, or we go out and speak another way. And a lot of what's out there is traditional parenting concepts, um, things like rules and punishments and um, reward systems and you know respect and obedience and those types of things, all of which are fine. However, positive discipline is and conscious parenting, both are revolutionary ways to parent they're not mainstream. And I always warn parents, if you're going to go down this road to just know that you are not going to be the norm on the block, you're not going to probably be like every other parent. And that might be difficult for some, but I think in the long run, it's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, just to give kind of an overview, as you said, positive discipline was started by Dr. Jane Nelson, 
who's an amazing psychologist um, actually here in San Diego. And she's put together this whole system. She's been, she's written books. She's been teaching positive discipline for years. She's, I think she just had like her 87th birthday and she's, she's a firecracker. She's amazing. Um, Yeah. So her whole concept is based on Adlerian psychology concepts. And it's basically this idea that people do better, not just children, but people do better when they feel better about themselves. So we really just lay into the foundations of how are we going to build resilient adults rather than focusing on raising the little five-year-old right now. Let's look at the big picture. So it's all about long-term parenting, not about the quick results, which is very different, again, than traditional, you know, just snap the problem, put a Band-Aid on it right here. Um, positive discipline really goes deeper and looks at the roots of, of behaviors and then find solutions that work in the long run. Um, and then on the, the other wing of that, that we talk about that I do in my practice is conscious parenting, which was uh, really came to light and gained popularity from Dr. Shafali Sabari. Um, I happened to catch her on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah and that was it. I was hooked mm-hmm. because it's basically the other, yeah, it's, and I know you've seen her a couple times too. It's the other side of, for me, it, it's a perfect fit because instead of looking at the child's behavior and the roots of that, we're now looking at our behavior as parents mm-hmm. and why the things that our kids do trigger us and what that's really about and how to find long-term solutions for that. It's a lot of introspection. Honestly, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of deep, high-level work that, quite frankly, a lot of people shy away from. But I think when you put those two pieces together together, like they're like two wings and you're just going to fly. You have to be willing to do the work for it, but, and you have to be willing to stand out. But I think it's just, it's the magic sauce. Yeah, it is. And it is amazing how much, not resistance, that sounds like a really harsh word, but just what you'll come up against as you start talking about it. And Mm -hmm. it's a great conversation starter, especially when you see it working too. My Mm mother-in-law is very traditional parent in the way that she was parented. And it's interesting to see her with my son, you know, doing these things that I'm sure she picked up from her parents. And we do it so differently. And I feel like I'm constantly teaching her about, especially the things that I've been learning about conscious parenting. And it's so different. And some of the concepts just feel so foreign to her. So do you have any advice on, you know, especially as we're looking over the next few months at these different forms of parenting. Do you have any advice as far as sharing this? Like, do you think it's something Mm. that we should be trying to teach other people, other caregivers that are involved with our kids, or is it something that we should just kind of keep and practice ourselves? Like, what's your Mm. opinion on that? That's great. Um, That's a fabulous question. So I think I hear what you're saying and I know, you know, even within co-parents, whether you're married together or not, not together, whatever, a lot of times what I'll see is one parent will like go through the positive discipline class or a conscious parenting workshop and they'll learn all these fabulous concepts and they'll start applying them. And because we get so excited when we see these amazing things working, we naturally want to share, which I understand. However, 
I think it's really important to realize that, you know, each individual is going to parent in a way that works best for what they know and for what they're willing to do. Not everybody wants to change how they're parenting, even if it's your spouse, you know, they might be perfectly fine with the traditional parenting concepts or whatever they're doing. And I think that when we try and, and kind of like force our styles on them, it typically doesn't work very well. We're trying, I think the idea is we want to provide a united front for our kids so that they see everybody on the same page. However, um, a united front is a front. In other words, it's not true. It's fake. It's constructed. It's not the reality. It's also not the reality of life. Different people are going to do things differently. And one of the things we actually talk about in positive discipline is system skills. The ability to know, you know, with grandma, it's this way, with mom, it's this way, with dad, it's that way. And I think that that's actually a really healthy thing for kids to learn Mm -hmm. because it helps them prepare for the real world, right? Now, like if if your mother-in-law, for example, was curious and wanted to know, and if the other person is taking the initiative and asking, absolutely share away and send them my way too. Um, but otherwise, I think kind of stay in your lane, you know, do your thing. And it's, it's something that's very personal, I think. Yeah, it really is. And I love that idea of if they ask, like you can share, but just not trying to conform everybody to what you're doing and setting those system mm-hmm. boundaries of like, you know, you can say heck here at home, but at grandma's house, you know, you don't want to say that or, yeah. you know, creating, yeah, like you said, exactly. those systems. I love that. Yeah. It takes a lot of pressure off, which is nice. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So that's a little bit about conscious parenting and its origin. I love that. And having listened to Dr. Shafali via you, I just, I love it. It's so good. So one of the things that I guess I kind of want to throw out there is oh, just as we're learning new ways of doing this, what are some ways that we can take care of ourselves as we're learning? Because I'm sure that there are at least, there's at least one other listener out there who's like me and gets uber critical of, especially when we're trying to institute new things and we mess it up and blame ourselves. Mm. Like how can we practice really good self-compassion as we're learning all of this? That's a great question. Again, um, I think it's, you know, there's a lot of, you've got good questions. Um, there's a lot of guilt that comes along that I've noticed when people start learning new ways of doing things, there's the guilt of, oh my gosh, you know, I've been doing this completely wrong, quote unquote, or opposite for so many years. Is it too late? You know, have I messed up my kid? Have I ruined their life? And the answer honestly is no. You know, we can only operate from the the place that we know. If you don't, I think it's Oprah, right? When you know better, you do better. She said that. And it's so true. Like you have to be able to give yourselves a pass. This is a new concept. If you choose to go into the positive discipline and or conscious parenting world, chances are these are all new concepts and topics that you've never really thought about in this way before. So I think that that patience and that self-compassion that you're talking about is essential. Mm -hmm. And because I know, especially as moms, I'm generalizing, oftentimes we truly are hardest on ourselves. One of the things that I tell parents to do is think about this as if it was your child. 
if your child was learning something brand new at school, would you be upset with them for not getting it right away? Would you critique them and make them feel dumb for making mistakes? Would you beat them up with guilt? No. You would understand. You would be compassionate. You would be empathetic. So if we can turn that same love and compassion and forgiveness and understanding that we would give a child back on us, I think that's the best way to remember to be compassionate for ourselves and to to really just give ourselves the pass while we're learning and quite frankly, well after. I mean, I've been doing, I've been practicing positive discipline. My kiddos are now 19 and 21. So I've been doing this for gosh, like 13 years and I still mess up like daily because that's what human beings do. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. At some point you have to just allow for being human, you know, and it's okay. And it's not too late. I just really need parents to know no matter how old your kids are, no matter how you've been parenting and how long you're doing it, it's never too late to try and learn some new tools that may just work better for you and your family. And I love that you say that. And that, cause that just, I, I think I fall into that category myself as a parent that I feel like, oh gosh, you know, I've already screwed up my kid, you know? Right. And, right. you know, we've, we've even had conversations where he says that he feels like he does everything wrong. And I'm like, oh my God, that's totally my fault. He's going to end up on a therapist's couch and we're going to have to flip <laughs> the bill for it and because it's all my fault. And, you know, just hearing you say that it's not too late and that mm. you can improve your relationship, not only with your kids, but with your freaking self and yeah. to really start to, to heal some of that guilt and that mm-hmm. shame around parenting styles. I think that that really attracts me personally to conscious parenting, which is why I wanted to share it with the listeners, because I think it offers so much more than just parenting tips. It offers that, that, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? That permission. Introspection. Yeah. (laughs) Introspection, permission, different different tracks, but same idea of just being able to let go. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's the case with both of them. Again, because, you know, conscious parenting, we're going into our own stuff and positive discipline. We're really looking at the kids stuff, but neither of them are surface level things. So I think that when we go deeper, we really start to unravel and uncover a lot of what's actually happening. And that's where a lot of the healing occurs as well for both of these, you know, different concepts in parenting. Yes. Yes. It's so good. I love this. Okay. So this summer, like I said, we're going to be doing the series. So every other Tuesday, you're going to get a confident parenting episode with Viva and I as we discuss all things parenting. And each week is going to have kind of a theme, but we like to keep things organic. And we also want to hear from you, the listeners. So if you have questions for Viva, I want you to send those in. You can email me, Kim at CaptivatinglyConfident.com, and we're going to compile a big old list and look at what topics pop up the most. We're also going to read actual comments and emails from listeners because I feel like there's something so important about having it be in your words and to really get a feel for what people are wanting. Because I know what I want, but I want to make sure (laughs) that everybody is gleaning from this. So, you know, you can also share 
these episodes with friends, with, you know, spouse or partner, people that are, you know, curious about the things that you're learning and trying to do different. You know, if your mom-in-law wants to listen to the podcast, great. Awesome. (laughs) She can learn some stuff too. So this week we kind of wanted to do an introduction. And then there was a, a question that came up a lot, especially in regards to parenting challenges around the summertime. And one of the big ones was the bedtime battle. Because without the structure and routine of school, it kind of feels like all hell breaks loose. And I've already seen that happening in our family. And so I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about this one for sure. So there's, I mean, bedtime. Obviously, your your kiddos are pretty good about bedtime, I'm assuming, as far as taking them. There isn't one. They never sleep. <laughs> there's that too. But I'm curious for parents that struggle with bedtime, obviously there's lots of different struggles, but I think the biggest thing is getting, getting it to happen in a kind of a fluid way without the battle, without Mm. that war of, I don't want to brush my teeth. I don't want to change my underwear. I don't want to do this. And just that, oh, that angst that happens at bedtime. So Mm -hmm. can you speak to maybe what approach positive discipline would have when it comes to negating this bedtime battle? Sure. Um, So the first thing that I would say before even bringing positive discipline into it, one of the things that you know about me and your listeners will learn, I'm all about the reframe. I think that words are super, super powerful and important and carry a lot of weight and subconscious meaning and blah, all of the things. Um, And so my first reframe would be, instead of looking at bedtime battles, let's look at the time before they go to sleep as connection time, bedtime connection, you know, um, end of the day connection, whatever you want to call it, battle is already setting us up, like you said, for war. It's going to be a power struggle and we're already going into it like that. They already know it. So what we really want to do then is get into this bedtime routine that, like you said, feels fluid and it feels connected and it feels like the kids are getting their needs met and we are also getting our needs met. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, literally at the end of the day, what we want (laughs) is somewhat as adults, I mean, I, I remember this when my kids were little and I, I know you and I have talked about this and a lot of parents have expressed at the end of the day, we just want a little bit of time to ourselves to unwind, to relax, you know, whatever that looks like, reading a book, watching a show, whatever it is, just some kid free time. That is the reality. And of course, yes, we want our kids to have a good night's rest and yes, sleep is important and all of those things as well. But when you look at it as what really are the needs, then you can go deeper and say, okay, in order for me as a parent to feel like I'm giving myself that time, I need X amount of hours or an hour, whatever it is every night. And then in order for my child to function in a, in a way that he's not a complete, you know, melting apart the next day, Mm. how much sleep does he need? right? And then let's work backwards. I know with summer and stuff, a lot of times bedtime routines change. You know, there's there's fun family activities going on. The kids have stuff going on. So I think one thing is to be a little flexible in the summer and people go, but if I'm flexible in the summer, it's going to ruin everything for the school year. 
again, I go back to system skills. Our kids need to learn that things are different, you know, a little bit different in the summer than they would be in the school year. That's just reality. So, and I'm not talking about huge difference. Perhaps in the school year, if your kiddos are going to bed at, I don't know, eight o'clock, maybe in the summer they go to bed at 8.30, maybe it's nine o'clock, whatever it is, we're making the adjustment for the activities that are different than the school year. And then, and it's, and this is one of the things that I'm going to dive deep into. Um, I'm doing a, a workshop coming up, a webinar um, called Summer Sanity Saver. And one of the things that we talk about is actually bedtime routine. So this is perfect lead in for that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, yeah, that's going to be good. I can't wait. Um, yeah, but it's really about the things that you're talking about, like brushing their teeth and changing their underwear and getting ready for bed. The reason a lot of times that we get resistance is because they're in, in, in the middle of doing something really fun and we want them to do something not so fun. If your kiddo is like building the biggest Lego tower ever, or they're in the middle of the most hilarious episode of whatever they're watching right now. I don't even know what kids they're watching. Um, I think you've mentioned Tiger or something. Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger. Yeah, him. He's Mm -hmm. supposed to be cool. Anyway, whatever they're watching and we pop it and we're like, okay, time to brush your teeth. Uh, No. Of course, they're not going to want to do that, right? Yeah. So a lot of it is about our timing. A lot of it is about expectation and how we state those. So I remember with my kiddos at bedtime, they used to hate doing bath time. Mm. So understandable because that means that the fun is done. Well, how do you take the fun and move it to the bath? How do you make it fun to be in the bath, even more fun than Daniel Tiger? For my kids, it was blues, blues, but same difference, right? So it's like (laughs) getting the colors in the bath and getting the fun bath toys and being able to draw in the tub, all the things that would entice a child. Like this is actually more fun than watching TV. And it's only something we get to do at bath time. And again, I'm not saying it's foolproof. It's not going to work every single time, but it's a, one of the ways that we can get more cooperation is by making it an attractive thing to do rather than a chore. How can we bring some humor to it? And I would, um, you know, the other thing I would do is I would turn my son upside down and I would hold him by his legs and be like, okay, you got to get any change out of your pockets and, you know, and just kind of get him giggling and tickling and just changing that atmosphere. So it does feel fun rather than, oh my gosh, this is the end of my day. I now have to go do this, this, that. Like just keep the humor in it. I think that's a huge, um, it's a huge help in just getting through the normal routine of things. Yeah. I love that. I love that simplicity of just being able to change. Just take the fun with you. Take the fun with you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And that explains a lot about when they, yeah, have that transition. So what about when you've got the kiddo that you put them in bed? My guy doesn't do this, but I know a lot of parents talk about this, that you put Mm -hmm. them in bed and then they, I need a drink of water. I need more food. Mm -hmm. I need this or Mm -hmm. this or this. And you end up going back and forth like 10 times. There was this episode of Llama Llama, which is on Netflix. And (laughs) I hate that show because the parenting, you should watch it and we should dissect it because the parenting Ooh, is terrible. But Mama Llama goes back in like 10 times before finally erupting at her kid and making Mama Llama cry, I think. And oh. I mean, it was great to see Mama, Mama Llama get kind of angry. I was like, that's right. Because like 
Danielle Tiger's mom never got angry. I mean, <laughs> we're all kind of hoping and rooting for her, like, come on, mom. But she's always had like perfect patience. But Mama Llama doesn't. And anyway, so at the end of this, like 10 times, and as a parent, you're just like cringing watching it happen. Like, it's just chaos. So what, mm. what about that? Like, is there a good way to kind of handle that situation? So I think I have not heard of llama, mama, mama, llama, whatever that is. Um, yeah, I'll put it on my Netflix binge watch for next time. Yes. Uh, seriously. So, but I think it's really important for me that we're not classifying any type of parenting as good or bad, regardless of what it is. It's whatever that person is doing, because I don't want people to feel like there's a right way or a wrong way to parent, because I don't believe in that. Um, I just, I think it's really important that we're not hurting our children. And aside from that, whether it be conscious parenting, positive discipline, which obviously I support both of those, that's my passion, whatever works, works, right? At the end of the day, we're all just trying to do our best. However, having said that, mm-hmm. this, this I need, I need thing, like I've seen it so many times. My kids both did do it for a while as well. And I hear from parents all the time. So the first, again, keeping it really simple, if you know that your child is going to ask for that glass of water, that sip of water every night, you see a pattern, why not get ahead of it? And instead of waiting for the child to ask, and you know they're going to, put a little sippy cup of water as part of their bedtime routine next to their bed. Let them be independent enough that if they get thirsty, and guess what? Human beings get thirsty you don't need to come asking mommy to get a sip of water. We don't need to make this a six hour production of now you're not getting to bed because by the way, that's one of the tactics, right? Mm. But have the water there. Eliminate the need because if you're thirsty, take a sip of water. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. You can do that. Now, again, that's a surface level thing. The need of water. I need to go to the bathroom and I need this. I need. Sometimes they're their actual needs, but most of the time they're delayed tactics. And the reason I believe that kids are delaying going to bed, there's a couple reasons, but the main one is FOMO, fear of missing out. They really think that when we, when they go to sleep, that's when the party starts. I don't know what they think that we are doing once they're asleep, but whatever that is in their little heads, they don't want to miss it. And so they will delay, delay, delay. So one of the most effective things that I've done when my kids were younger, and I tell this to parents all the time, let them see what really happens when they go to sleep. You know, just as an experiment, oh, you don't want to go to sleep? Okay, cool. You can sit and watch what mommy does. This is mommy cleaning the dishes. This is mommy sweeping the floor. This is mommy spending, you know, writing out the bills. This is mommy reading a book. This is, this is all really boring stuff. There's no party. There's no like Daniel Tiger episode that comes to life. There's nothing (laughs) fun (laughs) in a kid world that's happening. So take away the FOMO by showing them what's actually happening, either by telling them in words, but I think the visual, like if you have a night, you know, where they can stay up later and it's not going to affect them the next morning, just try this experiment out. And they're going to be like, like, let them see how boring it is. And now all of a sudden sleep's looking a little bit better right? Mm -hmm. If delay tactics is what's going on. So that's just one tip. And again, we're going to go into this a whole lot more in detail when I do this webinar, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, beautiful. And I feel like that's the perfect place to kind of wrap up this episode as well. Um, 
because that's just, that's a great way to end it. I love that. The little FOMO, <laughs> it makes me sad. I think that my little guy might have some FOMO about what's going on, but really it's so not glamorous. It's not. It really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. Okay. So Viba, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media, all that stuff. And give us a little bit of info about your summer series as well. Sure. So um, I think the easiest way to find me on social is just with hashtag IParentPlus. And we can you can drop that in the notes as well. Um, they can go to my website. They can go. I'm usually pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then this webinar that I'm super excited about, I'm going to be doing kind of like a workshop format. It's only an hour, so it's really digestible, but I'm really going to dive into some things that especially during summer can be more challenging. So I'm calling this webinar my summer sanity saver. And we're just going to go over four or five different topics, bedtime being one of them that come up in the summer. And just, I'm hoping to give parents some tips and some tools that is going to help them make this a really enjoyable and fun summer for everyone. So I will, um, I'll give you that information too. I'll give you the link and then they can go there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I will just put it all in the, uh, in the notes and they can find me. And I'd love to hear from your listeners and see how this landed for all of them. And like you said at the beginning, like their questions are going to be so important because I love being able to directly answer them for them. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to the, our next episodes. Awesome. Me too. So if you do have questions, again, I want you to send those over to me, Kim at CaptivatinglyConfident.com. You can also post those in the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group. So if you're not in there yet, head over to Facebook, type in Captivatingly Confident Community. I know it's a lot to type. I'm really sorry about that. (laughs) Hindsight 2020. But head over there, check it out. Make sure that you get engaged with those questions. You can also join The Nest which is Viva's Facebook group. Can I say that? Is that okay? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I totally forgot. (laughs) Well, I just, I know Facebook is like the younger generation is like, Facebook is so uncool, but I kind of love Facebook still. So it's like my social hub. So, (laughs) which I guess kind of, I don't know, does that date us? I don't know. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Gosh, I think they, I don't even know what they use. What are kids these? Anyway, whole nother topic. Focus <laughs> Kim. Okay, so Viva's Facebook group is, go ahead and tell them what it is. I know what it is, but you should tell them. It's the iParent Plus Nest. And if they just go to the, again, hashtag iParent Plus, it should come up. Um, it's connected directly to my page. And I'll give you the direct link to put in the show notes. Perfect. All right. Viva, I'm so excited about this summer series. It is going to be so much fun. Thank you so much for taking your time and for sharing your expertise with us. It is such a blessing and I'm so excited. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. It's going to be fun.